TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We didn't really touch on the Yankees, but we will do so now. And welcome in my colleague, my good friend over at SNY, Andy Martino, who covers both the Yankees and the Mets for SNY. And Andy, I do want to start with the Yankees here. Big series coming up for them. Early season series, but still big with the Rays at the trop for these three. And then they play the Rays after they come back home for four, really 14 games overall. They get the Blue Jays for four as well, where the team is down right now. I know you're not as down on them as everybody else. What are your thoughts on this team so far that Brian Cashman has assembled? Well, Sal, I think that they're obviously not the team right now. I mean, Willie Calhoun is batting, uh, well, anywhere in the lineup. It's obviously not how you drew it up. Uh, But, they have to tread water. They have to survive. They've been doing an okay job of that so far. Winning the series against Cleveland was obviously a positive. Um, they have an opportunity here to get buried versus, as you said, Tampa and Toronto, really good teams. And they're just not – the Yankees are not the Yankees right now. It's a bunch of uh, replacement players trying to hold it down. Uh, but, you know, wins like they had last night with Trevino walking it off, Bieber pitching, the Yankees – somehow winning the game like that every one of those matters and i think that you can't really evaluate them until uh some of them are back uh at this point you know they're just trying to survive and not and not bury themselves as i said how about the idea though and look we've gone over this you and i've debated this on sny fans have called and talked about this whether it's time to Mm -hmm. change cashman or whatever and I, i still say that even though he's still a great general manager and has had sustained success that is really unmatched, I just feel like it's time for a change because it's the same thing every year. You know, he could use the injuries as an excuse, and he said it hold me accountable or convict me, which is fine, which is why I did convict him. But, like, the Yankees just, yeah, they're good every year. Even when they lose, they win, to your point last night. They still somehow win two out of three against Cleveland. But it just feels like it's not good enough, and it's the same stuff with these guys getting hurt every year or disappointing in the postseason every year. How do we expect it, or why should we expect it to change? Well, I just I, I don't think that a whole lot needs to change. I think that they have obviously had 30 consecutive winning seasons. The Cardinals, I believe, are second in, in that streak with 
with 15, which is a risk right now, uh, with the Cardinals being 10 and 21. Uh, I, I just, I guess I don't subscribe to the argument that anything's broken with the Yankees organization because they just have continued success, uh, and, um, in the current game when the, when the objective is to be in contention every year and put yourself in position to win a championship, no one has been more successful than the Yankees over the past decade, two decades, three decades. So, um, you know, when fans are frustrated, rightly so, that they haven't been to a World Series since 2009, I, I get that, but I just don't think there's any other leadership that's going to get you closer every year. How about a change in philosophy? Do you think, and again, I understand the sustained success, so I understand what you're talking about, but but it just feels like whether it's the trades that Cashman has made mm-hmm. for pitchers that haven't worked out and then have gone elsewhere to have success, whether it is taking a chance on Donaldson or IKF, which didn't work out, whether it's Stanton many years ago, bringing him in, which felt kind of redundant at the time, and now he's a player that's limited and often injured. Like, at at some points, or even the, how about the young guys? I mean, bring it up, mm-hmm. whether it was Gary Sanchez or Glaber Torres or Clint Frazier, and now you're seeing with some of the other younger guys, you know, at some point, doesn't things have to change for us to believe in Cashman? I mean, is this just a lifelong pass and, hey, because they make the playoffs mm-hmm. every year, it's it, we're good to go? Well, that's a big deal, making the playoffs every year. Who else can say that, really, uh, first of all? But, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of hits and misses, Sal, and obviously in all the uh, guys you just mentioned. The evaluation on Frazier and, and acquiring him for Andrew Miller and holding on to him for too long, not great. Uh, the evaluation on Miguel Andujar and not trading him when you could, not great. Uh, Stanton, I think, has been a great Yankee, uh, as clutch as anybody, uh, and obviously frustrating for them that he's been hurt so much, uh, but really, really, even more so than Judge there for them in the postseason. So I think, you know, it, you, you go into these individual cases and you can have discussions about each individual piece, but the sum total of it, to me, is that they've had um, just a run of, of success that's historic. And it, it's interesting to contrast when you look at Yankee fans on Twitter or calling in here to the fan or you know other stations uh, being fed up versus when you talk to Cashman's colleagues. Like Billy Bean has told me that he thinks Brian Cashman is the greatest GM in the history of the sport. Hmm. Uh, so those are really disparate things, the fans versus his colleagues and competitors. And I think the truth is definitely somewhere in the middle of those two perceptions. Uh, but uh, when you look at change, like change could look at, could, could look like uh, you're not in the playoffs every year. You're not in contention every year. You haven't had 30 straight winning seasons. So I think there does become a, a point of like, be careful what you wish for uh, for certain fans. One of the things that Brian Cashman did was make a change himself after the Yankees got to game seven of the two, of the 2017 ALCS and they haven't been back as mm-hmm. far since. And his reasoning was not that Joe Girardi wasn't a good manager, just felt it was time for a change mm-hmm. and he brought in Aaron Boone. So if he could do that with Girardi, even though Girardi was successful and overachieved that year, then why can't fans expect or hope that maybe that could happen with him? Look, fans have the right paying customers who put their money and emotional energy 
into this have the right to believe and want whatever whatever they want. So, like I I wouldn't ever dismiss that. Um, but you know I think there are good reasons why he let go of Girardi. I think there are good reasons why Boone's a better fit. There are good reasons why Cashman is still there. Um, uh, again, I just I look at an organization that's had an absolutely historic run of success over the past thirty years and just kind of go with that and like trusting that they would still be able to do that at some point that run of success will end. Uh, I wrote about this today. Maybe this is the year where the winning season streak ends. Maybe it's not. It's too early to say. Um, but it, at the end of the day, uh, there's just no other organization that can compare to it. No, no doubt with the sustained success. And then do you look at this team then, Andy, this year? And we'll get to the Mets in a little bit. I just want to get into some more on the Yankees here because mm-hmm. it has been a, you know, look, here's maybe the bigger issue. It's not even the Yankees because sometimes they'll start slow and they always end up winning 90 games or whatever and getting themselves into the postseason. Maybe the difference is the teams around them this year are better. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this Yankee team, is it just a matter of, well, let's wait to see what happens when Judge, Stanton, Rodon, et cetera, come back for this team? Yeah, I think we'll wait to see. I think it's too early to conclude on either the Yankees or the Mets. And I know, like you said, we'll get to the Mets, but uh, both of them are kind of treading water-ish. Not a gr- not the start that the Yankees would want, not the start that the Mets would want. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, in some ways the competition is better, but in some ways it's not. Uh, the Astros are looking like they might be having a down year. That's huge for the Yankees. The Rays, with the historic start they've had, well, that could be a problem for everybody. But if they come back to earth, I actually think it's the kind of year in both leagues, because you look at the Dodgers in the National League, the Padres, two teams you thought would be great who have been off the so-so starts. I think it's there for the taking for a, a lot of teams including the Yankees and the Mets. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do I, – I hear what you say about the Blue Jays. They're better than, than we're used to. But I, I think that – Oh, the Orioles. I mean, just in the just in general. Like the Yankees, you look yeah. at their lineup. I know it's ravaged by injury, but they're not that good right now. And they wouldn't be buried in most other divisions. But right now they're nine games back. They're not healthy going into the trop where they've always had issues. They're playing seven of the next ten against the Rays without everybody, basically except Judge coming back potentially on Monday. Yeah. They could be screwed here. I mean, they could be double-digit games back. They could. You're right. They have to tread water right now. And and one thing that their pro scouting department, their analytics department, and like working together, have been really good at the past number of years. They've been finding that next man up. Help them when the stars are gone. Like whether it's finding a Luke Voigt or a Mike Talkman or a um, Matt Carpenter. Right now, it's really, yeah, yeah, Carpenter, great example. Willie Calhoun right now has helped him win a couple games. Cordero did mm. before he kind of turned back into himself. Ian Hamilton, like who the heck is that? Great reliever for them. They're very good at identifying these random guys to help them tread water. Uh, and, and you know, when we talk about Cashman, well, what Cashman is is the people he hires. Cashman's not making all these decisions. He's not finding these players. That's not the job of the general manager. He's hiring people to do this. And over the past few years, they've found the right guys to help them stay in it when these crises have happened. Uh, so uh, they would hope that they're going to be able to continue to do that this year. But if they don't, look, if they have a terrible couple of weeks, that's a great point uh, against these really good teams in the division, then they're buried. And those games count, and that's a problem. 
fortunately, you know, how, there's 30 teams. I think 25 of them make the playoffs now. Is that the current? <laughs> right. So that, that, that Give or helps. take, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to win the division anymore either. But, um, I mean, they're, they're you're right. They're, they're in a tough stretch where they they better find a way to win games. But they are like Willie Calhoun. Like, not a great player, but getting it done for them right now. That's an example of how their scouts have been able to find some decent substitutes over the past few years. One more on the Yankees. We're talking about Andy Martino, MLB uh, insider for SNY, both the Yankees and the Mets. Boone, I know you're a fan of Boone. And by the way, personally, he seems like a, a good dude. I was hoping to see him evolve more as an actual manager mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know what I call him, the, the data applicator. Yes, I do know that you call him that. But even, he knows that, too. Yeah, well, sorry, but it's true. <laughs> and even in the last couple of days, you've seen it where he takes Herman out to go to Clay Holmes mm-hmm. pretty quick. Last night, he did the same thing, taking Marinaccio out to go with Clay Holmes, even though there was no reason to do so other than the lanes that he talks about. Do you think Boone has evolved enough? Do you think he's doing a good mm-hmm. job? How would you evaluate, or what do the Yankees evaluate Aaron Boone and how the job he's done? Well, yeah, more importantly than what I think, they, they're they pleased with him. Uh, I mean, they look at these moves, and they talk about them amongst themselves in the front office, but you look at each game in itself, and I actually don't agree with the idea that he's bringing Holmes in because he's programmed to do things the way the game is planned analytically. He, I mean, Aaron Boone's been around this game since he was a child. He knows what to see. He's got a gut. He's got an eye. And what he's seeing with Holmes is a guy who is, like, look look, look at last night. He, the, the, one of the big hits he gave up, you know, Kiner Falefa, who's not an outfielder, lost it in the lights. Okay, that should have been an out. You know, there, there, there are hits that he's giving up that are not hard contact. I, I understand that Holmes has been inconsistent, and I actually disagree with Boone and how he's using Holmes. I think he has too much faith in Holmes, and that is both his strength and his weakness as a manager, like believing in his guys. I was on the field with Boone during BP on Wednesday, the day after he brought Holmes in after Herman, and I was like saying to Boone, I agree with taking out Herman, but I got to tell you, when you bring in uh, when you bring in Holmes, I'm like, eh, eh, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, that's fair. I, I get it. But Holmes is better than you think right now because when it really came down to it, he got the ground ball. He made an error, but he got the ground ball. So he's not as far off as you think. And you could make the same argument for the next night if Boone, with his really sharp eye, is really watching – he gives up a, a fly ball out that IKF drops. Right. So stuff is not terrible, and and that's where Boone is coming from. I sort of half agree with him because I still think Holmes scares you on a gut level, but but I don't agree with the idea that Boone is like, oh, this is his lane, and so I have to use him. He's looking at the sinker with his eye and saying it's not that bad. Okay. I mean, I hope that that's the case. From afar, it just seems like, yeah, I'm watching a game, too, and I see Marinaccio dealing, and he's he can't yeah. wait to get to that freaking bullpen. Can't wait. You know what, Sal? That's a fair point, like, taking out Marinaccio when he is dealing. And, like, why do it then instead of to start the next inning on that one? I hear you. Right. On the idea that uh, Holmes is, like, terrible, Boone is probably right that he's not terrible. But um, the moment that he chooses, 
that could be something that's a little more fair to question. I, I agree with you on that. Talking about SMY's Andy Martino. All right, on to the Mets. They had a dreadful series in Detroit getting swept. They've lost three straight series, something they didn't do at all last year. Two of them are bad teams, the Nationals and the Tigers. Scherzer, Verlander back for the Mets finally. I mean, I can't imagine Steve Cohen's very happy with this performance. I know it's early. Maybe the biggest concern, Andy, would be Max Scherzer so far. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on the early season for the Mets? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Max Scherzer is a legit concern. You know, obviously, Sal, knowing me, I'm not a guy to overreact to a month of baseball. So even that being said, you should be worried about Max Scherzer. It doesn't look right. The fastball does not look right. The only game where he was locating his fastball in the zone uh, well was the one that he was thrown out of uh, hmm. for having too much sticky stuff in, in L.A. So that's obviously a concern. Uh, he just, even an opening day, you know, when he won that game on opening day or when he pitched well for five innings uh, and, and then came apart a little bit in the sixth, I remember writing a column like, eh, wasn't that great? And, you know, people were like, oh, what do you mean so negative, blah, blah, blah. But he was not really that sharp. The fastball, it's not just that he didn't have velocity, but it didn't have life. It didn't have location. And we've seen that in every uh, Scherzer start since, other than the one where he was ejected for using sticky stuff. So I do think that where he's at as a 38-year-old pitcher uh, is something that's legitimate to be worried about. I really like Scherzer. I love hmm. what he has brought to the Mets culture, his professionalism, his intensity, his intelligence. Like, he helped to change the Mets when he got here. Uh, then, unfortunately, for that whole narrative, he had that terrible playoff game, and it, it's been concerning this year. So he's just, he's an older guy, and... For the Mets' sake and for his sake, you hope that's just not what's going on, but it's definitely concerning and undermining uh, all the great things that he has brought to the Mets so far, which is, have been real. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you nailed it. I love Scherzer, as you know. However, he's got to start producing, and it does date back to last year with the Brave series first, then the game against mm-hmm. the Padres, and the excuse was that we heard about all offseason while Scherzer wasn't healthy. Okay, fine. So then we watch him this year, and now what? It's always something where he hasn't been good. The sticky stuff, the suspension, the early start, the velocity yeah. down a tick. It, it, and without Scherzer, they're screwed. I mean, the Mets are built. I was saying this to start the show. They're built on Scherzer, Verlander, Diaz, and the top four in that lineup. Diaz obviously mm-hmm. out for the year. Verlander has pitched one game, and that was today. The top four in the lineup, only two guys have produced, and that's Nimmo and Alonzo. So Marte and Lindor have been bad. And Scherzer has been a major issue. Yeah, no question. And it's an interesting thing because they were already in a spot where they were they were relying last year on two older pitchers. I mean, DeGrom's not that old in years, but he's old, like, in in reality, right? Like, he breaks down. And so they replaced him with Verlander. Verlander looked great today, by the way. So that's not a concern. But they need, I agree with you, they need Verlander and Scherzer and some hitters and some, and, and some bullpen and some other things. <laughs> Uh-oh. And, yeah, but you said yeah. the Mets are good. Are they good or are they screwed here? Too early to say. Um, I think Scherzer's a real concern. I think Verlander was really encouraging today. I, I, what I like about the Mets is uh, their, their good position players are really good. 
Alonzo, not as great lately as at the beginning of mm-hmm. the year, but obviously, like, fantastic offensive player. Jeff McNeil, is he still – I know he won a batting title. Is he still, like, the most underrated position player in the game? Probably. I mean, the, what he does at the plate and what he does defensively, it's like Daniel Murphy, but he's, like, elite at these positions that he plays. I mean, it's really – he's something. And I think Lindor – even when he's like hitting, what's he hitting right now? Two what? Two twelve or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, still like contributes, drives and runs, plays elite defense. I like Lindor as a player. I like Nimmo as a player. Just stay on first base today. <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, Buck, but, you know, Buck's teams usually they're they're smart. I mean, that's one thing the Mets didn't do is beat themselves last year. This year they yeah. have not played smart baseball all year so far. No, you're right. You're right. That's been a weird thing, uh, and. One would think it's not going to be that way all year, but it has been weird. Um, but my, you know, my point, Sal, is that I do think the Mets are a good team. I, I think they have good defense, which doesn't tend to slump unless you're Marte in right field dropping a couple balls in one week. But overall, you know, <laughs> I didn't get that defense in. Doesn't, doesn't tend to slump. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but I don't think in this losing streak, and you tell me if you disagree, really, truly, because I'm just giving an opinion. But what have they lost, 9 of 11? I don't think they've looked horrible. I think the results have been horrible. But I don't think when you watch the games, which I know you do, like it's not like, oh, my God, bad team. It's like, eh, they're losing. You know, the, you know the difference? You know what I mean? Right. It's, like, it's not like they're, they're they'll never win again. They're a team with potential that is losing and maybe playing some bad baseball at times. But I agree. Even the Brave series, forget the National Series, and even forget this yeah. sweep. They look good in the Brave series. They The, the disparity was not that significant. Where yep. I thought I was going to see the Braves murder them. And I did not, even though they lost two out of the three, I did not come away from that series feeling like, wow, yep. this, they're nowhere near Atlanta. I mean, how about coming back against Spencer Strider, one of the right. best pitchers in the game, and then winning the second game after that? I, they just the record is the, the wins and losses are ultimately the only thing that matters in the standings, obviously. But they're not looking like a team that's just screwed. They just they, like we'll see what happens, and and there's enough good stuff going on where you could imagine turning it around. Last, I don't think they're going to win the division, though. Last, well, me neither at this point, but what do I know about predicting the NL East in particular? Last <laughs> one for you here, Andy, and I do appreciate your time. You get a, I get a lot of stuff on Twitter and, and even just calling about Epler. Oh, so how come you're defending Epler? How come you haven't been hard on Epler? To me, it's clear that this is not his fault, and it's way too early to evaluate Billy Epler. How do you see Epler and his job, or maybe more importantly, how do the Mets view Epler? We're assuming, I mean, is he still new at yeah. this thing? They won 101 games last year. Epler, it's not his fault, is it? No, I don't think so. Steve Cohen likes him. I mean, I can tell you that. Uh, that doesn't mean he has a job for life. He has to keep producing results, and that hasn't been the case lately. Uh, but they have a smart GM who knows the game, who has a reputation for having strong character and works really hard and uh, doesn't make a decision that doesn't have any like logic and reasoning. And he and Cohen have a good relationship where they talk all the time. And uh, Cohen actually is not the emotional George Steinbrenner. I think that some fans might think he is when there's a, a 
a loss or a move or a tough moment, he and Epler talk and they talk it through and they understand why something happened and they're in, they're in a good place together. Uh, so I think, look, Epler inherited a team where they didn't have any farm system and they had to uh, depend on some older pitchers and some kind of a, mi- a mismatch of like a slightly younger core like Menil, Alonzo, Lindor, but older pitchers like DeGrom, Scherzer, now Verlander. And it's a weird team where they're trying to win in a bridge phase between becoming a better organization like the Dodgers. And Epler's done fine in that so far. Like you said, Sal, they won a lot of games last year, made the playoffs. When a team flops in the playoffs, that really doesn't have much to do with the GM. That's just the way a couple of days happen to go. Uh, so, yeah, he's in good standing with the Mets, and he's doing fine. But um, he get got to keep doing fine to stay in that role. Steve Cohen has high standards. So, you know, but as of now, Epler's in good standing. Right, as he should be. And Steve Cohen should have high standards. And this is not, you know, to me, for years it was about ownership, right? The, the BC Mets before Cohen, well, they don't get enough players. They don't spend enough money. Mm-hmm. Now they do spend enough money. They did hire a competent general manager who we're going to see. I mean, people who reference his record, with the Angel, uh, Angels, I will mm-hmm. say nobody's more equipped to handle this particular job with that owner in this market than Billy Epler because he ra- he was raised in the Yankees organization. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather have him. And we're going to find out about this team, but it's on the players. And they just got to do their jobs. It's as simple as that. Yeah. These guys are in place. If they do their jobs, the Mets should be just fine. Yeah, I agree. And that's a great point about where Epler came up to because he's worked for the Steinbrenners. He's worked for Cashman. He knows New York. And he knows the pressures and he does know the game. Like, I'll tell you, when I talk to Billy Epler and I ask him, um, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Why'd you pick this player? He has a really good rationale for everything. We're like, okay, uh, makes sense. That doesn't mean they're going to win championships under him, but he's a smart guy who knows what he's doing. And, and, and that's working for now, in my opinion. Are you on baseball night in New York tomorrow? I am. Oh, I bet that. you are, too. I am. I will be there hosting. We'll have some fun on a Friday. I appreciate uh, you taking the time out tonight, Andy. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. I would do it for you almost any time, Sal, unless I don't feel like it. <laughs> I appreciate it. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 